Hello, I'm Paul. I'm Adam. And I'm Ben. And welcome to Film Busters. Right, so today's episode, this is our second isolation episode. We are doing Adam's choice today, which is Whiplash. It's a film we've all seen and all watched and all we hope enjoy, maybe. Who knows? And we're going to talk about it, but first, we're going to do the staple of every episode, which is the lovely quiz, which is hosted by Ben. That's correct. So... As you'll all know, last time Paul peeled away, and I believe I got to familiarise myself, but I believe Paul's leading by two points, eh? Yes, he is. So what's currently happening is Paul is on five, I'm on three, and Adam's on two. And for those who haven't listened before, when we do the quiz, I ask the boys two questions each. If they get it right, they get a point. If they get it wrong, I get the point. So in order for me to catch Paul, I need them both to not get these questions, and then I'll be level. And actually, this is fair game. And you, Adam, both of these questions relate to Whiplash. This is supposedly one of your top ten films or whatever. Top four films, is it? Top four? It might even be one of his. Top Top three? Jesus! So that's the mental shit. So if you don't get these questions, you have to give up your right to to claim you even like this film. You should have written essays about this film, Adam, because you've loved it so much. All right, so... Everyone listening, nice and easy breezy, here's your first question. According to J.K. Simmons' character, Fletcher, what are the two most damaging words in the English language? Oh Oh my god, I noticed it today and I was like, that's sick. Good job. Oh, he got it, so the boy proves that he knows his shit. He knows it. Good job. And afterwards, I'll tell you a little bit of trivia about that, but afterwards. So Adam peels it back. Five for Paul, three for Ben, three for Adam. Now what's going to happen? Here's the second question. This is a big question here. It's a big one. According to J.K. Simmons' character, Fletcher, if you give a calculator to a retard, what will he try and do with it? Try and change the TV. Whoa, fucking Adam knows his shit, (laughs) He loves this film. He blew us. Yes. He blew us. (laughs) And Adam takes both points. That makes me so happy. Is that the exact quote? Well, look, Adam... It wasn't exactly that quote because I think you said some mumbled version of the answer like he to change change the channel with it, and that's yeah, not obviously he, what he, he said. Uses it on, <laughs> the TV or you would like use that. it. You would use it to change channel on the TV. Yeah. So that means, in a reversal of fortune, based on how we were a couple seat, couple of weeks ago, Ben is in last place on three. Adam is in second place on four. Paul's sitting pretty on five. But next week's quiz or next podcast quiz. All, all bets are off. It's Ben's film. Look at that. On my film. And how well will you boys know my film remains to be Not seen? Not at all. Bets are off. Oh, all yes. bets are off. There you go. It means there's no that's money. The sna- that's the Snatcher quote right there. Well done. Is, is it? Well, I didn't, I didn't clock that at all. Can't stand that <laughs> film. Before we go into the main event, boys. The main event. I watched The Invisible Man last night. Oh, yes. And uh, I was able to listen to the first 10, 15 minutes of your podcast, but then I had to start my working day, so I haven't heard it all. But I was very much in favour of uh, your your dynamic without me. I think the people want the Paul and Adam show. They don't want the Paul and Ben and Adam show. You're you're too miserable. You bring hate and misery to everyone. I've never heard you so fucking happy, Adam. You love the (laughs) fact that I wasn't around. (laughs) Yeah, you're not there to put me down. There's no pressure. (laughs) <laughs> Truly. <laughs> so if you just if you just sign off now, Ben, just sign off now, and we'll just yeah. carry on with this podcast. All right. So <laughs> also, I don't have yes. to fight to talk over the top of you. Ah. <laughs> oh. So I haven't listened to it all yet, so I can't throw in my two cents, but I'll do that on the side. But just so the listeners know, Adam gave it a nine, and Paul obviously gave it an eight, and my rating is an eight. So do you want to tell the people where it placed, Paul? Yes, Ben, you rated it eight, which actually dropped it. It was in sixth place on our list, and it's dropped it down to ninth place now. Oh, you miserable bastard, Ben. Yes. Yeah, but you know, that's stupid talk. Nobody in their right mind, nobody in their right mind would say, given all the beautiful films we've watched for this podcast, that The Invisible Man deserves being in the top ten, let alone sixth. That's stupidness. (laughs) That's why you need me. It's above Midsummer, which me is to mental. bring films down for you fools. Yes. <laughs> How could you place it above Midsummer, Adam? You fucking ingrate. <laughs> I enjoyed it much more than Midsummer. That's because you know why. 
because you ain't got no brain in your head. Quite <laughs> simple. Nor do half the people in Midsummer because they get fucking caving as a rock. Well, you've got the intelligence to, to comprehend that and make a joke, and you ain't got the intelligence to understand the film. <laughs> I understand the film, it just got a bit boring. You've been over this before. We have. Okay, back you ain't got no brain in your head. So just, just for reference for our, our listeners, it is above Buster Scruggs, but below Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <sighs> mm, yeah, okay. I, would, I should say so. So, so Adam, you were the, actually happy with it being above Once Upon a Time in Hollywood prior to it's to not it's below that were you? Yeah, but prior to that, it was obviously above it. Well, I gave both the films the same rating, so I can't argue. So which do you prefer out of the two? Probably Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Well, there you go. So you can argue. Well, it's sitting pretty for you now. Sitting pretty. Anyway, should we go on to the main event? Let's go on no, to the main no, event. No, it's about time. The main event. Topic, plus Adam might do a rubbish Right guys, so we will be talking about Whiplash. This is a spoiler episode. We have not seen this film. We will be spoiling it for you, so go and watch it, come back, and we'll tell you exactly what we think. But first, Adam needs to do a lovely little plot review. Plot summary. Plot review. <laughs> <laughs> Plot summary. It's just, this, the plot of this film is just a beautiful plot. That's all you need to know. That's the whole plot summary. Please say more than that. A relationship <laughs> between a drummer <laughs> and his teacher. Not in a sexual way, you know. It's a brilliant way. plot. <laughs> Have to clarify that, did you? This is awful. Imagine all of these going on the back of blurbs on DVDs. Adam summaries. Fucking hell. Uh, Physical yeah. media would have ceased to exist decades ago. <laughs> I reckon I've got more people watching. <laughs> you reckon? <laughs> you'd, be, you'd, be, you'd be more inquisitive about what the hell's going on over here. <laughs> Can't argue with that. When I used to get pirate DVDs way back when I was a young one, right? Mm. And I used to get them from, like, uh, these <laughs> men who used to hang around outside East Croydon train station, okay? And, yeah. and for the most part, they were Chinese immigrants. And you'd buy the DVD and uh, you'd take it home. And the blurb on the back, like, it would have been a Google Translate type job from their <laughs> native language into English. That's what Adam's plot summaries sound like. <laughs> like someone's fucking said it in another language and whacked it into Google Translate. <laughs> I'll never forget the Terminator Rise of the Machines DVD that I got was a pirate. <laughs> and they translated Terminator as elephant. So in the description, in the blurb, what? whenever they kept referencing the Terminator, it said elephant. <laughs> That's brilliant. Oh, anyway, very unrelated to everything. <laughs> I love it. Very relatable. <laughs> right, Adam, go on. I guess um, you can choose who you want to hear first. Um, I'm going to go first, and then I'm going to go Paul, and I'm going to go Ben. Okay. Um, so, yeah, as we discussed in the lead-up to this film, um, this is probably one of my favourite films of all time. I remember the first time I watched it, I was just like, oh, my God, what is this film? And then it's one of those ones you just want to tell everybody about, like, oh, you need to watch this film, you need to watch this film. Yeah, and I've watched it, I don't know, countless times since. And it's just brilliant. It's the whole, how far will somebody go to be great and the whole conflict, but then pushing each other along the way. And the last scene, the final scene, is just brilliant. I don't know, it just describes what music can do to a film. Like, I always think music with film... It elevates the film music, like, it's probably one of the most key parts of making any film, and that just does it. There's no, there's like very few words in the last probably 20 minutes of the film, I want to say, but you're just watching a duel between these two people and still pushing each other to be the greatest. It's some ways like the good, the bad and the ugly, but nobody talks, but you don't need to talk because everything else is just done through everything else of film. Very good. I guess you rate a 10 out of 10. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) No, it's a seven. Top three film. Yeah, but seven. <laughs> I'm not going to do what Paul does. Oh, it's one of the best films I've ever seen. But I'm going to give it eight out of ten. <laughs> yes. Anyway, over to you then. That was a very defensive yes by Paul. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, when I first watched Whiplash, I wasn't as fond of it. I'm, I always feel with film that when you watch something, it can totally determine what kind of mood you're in at the time. And it can play totally different on the second viewing. 
and it did it it did totally play different with me <laughs> on the second viewing and I gave it a 10 out of 10 on the second viewing because I was so much more impressed with it and it's, it's a really really great film and J.K. Simmons is absolutely fantastic at it his, his presence on screen is absolutely diabolical how good it is and I agree totally about the music the music in this film is exhilarating it's exciting it, and th that end scene it just like fills you with so much like fear but also like oh my god and it like fill, it fills you with energy because there's so much energy in that scene and yeah I, I really really like this film it's great and your original score before it was what nine uh, I can't actually remember now I think it was an eight or a nine yeah it was definitely high well the thing about it is I would if I were to give this film a 10 which I don't we'd all be like jerking each other's dicks over how good the fucking film is and that wouldn't make very interesting uh, listening for our for our listeners so I don't give it sometimes a 10 sometimes they want you to be happy Ben sometimes but I don't want myself to be happy so <laughs> I've watched it twice today was my second viewing of it I gave it a 9 originally and it stays a 9 and that's not to to do a disservice to it at all it's a fucking incredible film it's so well made it's so unique it's so well acted so well performed the tension like you're right that throughout the ending but also almost every scene that jk simmons yeah. is in with miles teller is like laced with this heart pounding fucking dreads like it's just a man with his fucking drum set yet it is dread it is fucking insane dread and it is an incredible film about bullying it's really a fucking film about a bully and yeah. what an abuser can actually do to an abusee. And I think that there's my main point of discussion in this podcast is going to be in relation to something Adam said to me earlier in WhatsApp. He said, this is a beautiful film or a beautiful little film. And actually, I think it is a nasty, insidious little film. But that's mm -hmm. not a bad thing. Well, that's what makes it, in my opinion, like this. I don't know. It's hard to describe Maybe beautiful was the wrong word I described it. Well, you better you better yeah. fucking describe it, mate. That's what you got to do on this fucking podcast. I'll fight you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can just bully me now. <laughs> Let's bully you the whole episode, totally. and then yeah. show you how beautiful it is at the end. <laughs> and look, and also, j just to be uh, to, to be clear, J.K. Simmons <coughs> gets all the plaudits for this film as rightly he should but let's not forget that Miles Teller okay he yeah. wasn't playing the drums 100% of the time but he like, I think Damon, Damon Giselle said something like 90% of the drumming yeah. in the film mm. was Miles Teller that's pretty fucking good man yeah because he had he had experience before didn't he before the film of being a drummer oh I didn't know I don't know did he yeah I, th I believe so yeah, I yeah. I that's less bit, impressive then that's mm. less impressive he already knew how to fucking drum it's less impressive idiot stupid <laughs> forget I said anything about that prick Okay, all right. Let's let's frame it this way then, Adam. Why do you? Why does this film make it into your top three? What is it about it that makes it a top three film for you of all fucking um, time? I just think it's a film that accompanies everything that's great about film in one way. It's a you've got the powerful relationship between the two characters. That are the whole driving force between this film and great acting between the both of them, which again is the driving force of this film. Music, which again, like I said earlier, is one of the most powerful parts in a film. Um, mm. Everything, like my key elements from a film, what I look for are all in this film. It's also quite a simple plot as well. So it's not complicated, it's straightforward, it's straight to the point, which helps drive the story in such a way that it does. And there's just not a thing I wouldn't change every single time I watch it. I'm like, Yes, I love it more. And especially when I know what's happening, I get so excited waiting for that end bit. I'm like, come on, yes. And it's finally like him getting his win. It's like, okay, I've won now. You've pushed me. It's all like it's kind of like a massive fuck you to J.K. Simmons at the end. It's like, this is what I am. You have made me kind of the person that's this, but this is who I am now. And the whole thing, they were talking about Charlie Parker throughout the film. What made him mm. great was consistent bullying which is kind of obviously what the story is but it's just the relationship between the two of them it's just I find it fascinating it's just it's kind of like football managers when you speak about it isn't it when they when they lay like Mourinho would lay down into a player and slate him in front of everyone but 
sometimes that's what a player needs because it brings out the best in them. That's mm. well, you can kind of see that by the ending, can't you? He's it's, yeah. it's almost like he finally like respects it, cracks as a student. It's like yeah, you have to push someone to the absolute limit, and then suddenly they'll crack and they'll either make it or they don't. Mm. But okay. you're right, it's a film about bullying. It's doesn't it's clearly addressed that he loses his job because of it. He loses everything he's ever worked for almost in some ways. He's only lucky because he gets the thing at the end and I yeah. So my sigh wasn't about your description. Your, what you said was all very, very good and whatnot. My sigh is just that I don't know. I'm I I think that You speechless, Ben. You don't know what to say. Do you not know what to say for once? Maybe I'm half speechless, yeah. I think that the the thing I'm trying because basically what I'm trying to do here, and it's really hard because the film is so good. What I'm trying to do is provide a devil's advocate point of view of kind course. of kind of thing, and and I'm not going to succeed by saying oh the film was badly made or poorly made because of this because I don't think there is anything that's poor about it. So I the only thing I can do is try and just look at it from a different perspective, and I I think the only perspective that maybe isn't what most people see it as is that at the end. It's not a victory for Miles Teller. It is only a victory for Fletcher. And it's only a victory for him because this fucker, as as far as he's concerned, his made him career. lose his job. His whole career went down the fucking toilet. He's got him in the palm of his hands now. He tried to rip him down on stage through embarrassment. And then Miles Teller upped his game and did all this amazing, incredible shit. And that final, like, nod which is almost yeah. like appreciation. That nod is almost like, it's almost like I fucking got you. And the fact that Miles Teller smiles when he sees him nod, is like, oh my God, validation, approval. That is Fletcher fucking winning. This guy's lost his life. His dad is watching from the audience like, this guy's a fucking psycho. My, what's going on with my son? <laughs> he turned his back on on, on that, that beautiful girl who would have given him her her entire life like he was foolish man to go and pursue um this that bit hurts me so much when he's drama. in that he's in that cafe it's like you could still have both you can still have both i know these things. But, that, but it's the the abuser abusey relationship where the abuser makes them think they are nothing without them and the way that they give them validation so miles teller can never feel complete without fletcher saying essentially good job yeah, I always I get that point, but I also do think that when Miles Teller takes the reins by himself, and he does all of that by himself, it's almost like I don't need you. That it's it's me now. This is my show. Like I'm proving mm. to these people what I'm about, not what you are about. This is yes, it's your song. Yes, it's your orchestra. But I'm taking the lead here. This is me. I'm gonna start when I start. I'm not gonna end when you want to end. I'm gonna tell you when he's like he's like cue me in. He's like I'll cue you in. It's that kind of, and probably. The film also ends with him just finishing, but I reckon if it extended, he would probably be the one getting all the plaudits for it. I like to think, anyway, at least. I agree. There's all, there was all scouts in the audience who were... Because he... J.K. Simmons wanted him, like, Fletcher wanted him to fuck up in front of all the all the people, so literally he would be, like, tarnished his forever, kind of. But um, I feel like, yes, he would have accelerated into, like, the nether realms for, like, of, of drummers from that, from that yeah. moment. But I I also agree that it, it like Fletcher's nod at the end could be seen as both ways. It could be seen as yeah. um, an approval, but also because he spoke about that he never found like the his Charlie Parker. It, yeah, his his person. So yeah. that is also like yes, I've got him. And that's all. Yeah, that's why I always saw it as, as well. It's like you've almost given him his person that his career mm. is now successful. Like his that's like we said is like the only regret he never had was making somebody great through mm. the way he mm. teaches. Yeah. So you've almost yeah. kind of validated his whole career in that way, but well, it. How do you view it at the end? Like, as the credits roll, is it a success story? Like, is that how do you judge success? Uh, like, is that I a think, win for Miles Teller? Has I think when you speak about yes. when there's a whole scene at the no, beginning or midway through the film where he's sitting around with his family and they have got like family friends around and they're arguing about what is successful. Mm-hmm. And Miles Teller was, I still want to be spoken about in a hundred years' time. And I feel yeah. like by him doing what he did there, it, I, I don't know, it could be classed as a legendary performance within the jazz world and it could be spoken about. 
has like all his big first ever gig where he said fuck you to the man and played his own shit and he took the whole thing by storm and it's like one of those ones I reckon it's like a legendary performance that he has now performed mm. that people will then continue to talk about so I reckon in his eyes that was his he classes that as successful it's almost like his turning point and that's the moment where he's like no fuck it I'm not gonna stop here this is my time to do me and not be um, like brought down by Fletcher and he went against him and he beat him and do you as an audience member view it as a success do you I think do. that's yes. a successful thing Yes, so if if like um Char- Charlie Parker is the name, yeah. Yeah. So if would if you went to him and said, "So do you see yourself as a success story?" And does is it defined by the t- because this teacher brought you to that point where you're suddenly a, a brilliant drummer? And it's like, mm. yeah. It's like if that never happened, then I wouldn't have been famous. So it's, su- it's successful. Why wouldn't it be? So even though he was treated like absolute garbage and shit by this man totally emotionally abused by this man and essentially became what the man wanted him to become, what the abuser wanted him to become, because that's what we're saying here. The only reason that Fletcher did all that was because he wanted him to be great. So we're saying that by fulfilling the abuser's prophecy, in many ways, that's a success. Because he didn't do it on his terms. Miles Teller didn't do it on his terms. He went up against his mentor at the end, but only because he wanted to fucking appease and please his abuser. Because he looks for Fletcher's reaction. He doesn't care. He doesn't. He's not acknowledging. It's not about the crowd's reaction to him. It's Fletcher's reaction that gives him validation and the smile. And I don't think that's a success. In this no. film, that's the whole relationship, though. That is the relationship that is focused on throughout the film. Whereas, yeah, like I said, if the film had continued on for another five minutes, he probably would be the one getting all the plaudits and be classic successful. I feel like the moment that tells you that Miles Teller was the success is when he said, I'm going to cue you in because it's him that's doing it. It's nothing to do with Fletcher. It's his time to be the composer. It's almost like he's risen above it and beaten him. When I ask this question about do you view it as successful, what I mean it stepping away from the film and bringing your own personal opinion to it. Like, do you think someone that is that your idea of success? If you describe, if you describe it to me on, out of concept, like just as a, I don't know, whatever, to take, take everything, the concept of this film away from it, and you describe that to me, I'd probably say no. I probably wouldn't class that as success. But I feel like when you put it into this context and when you've looked at the relationship in this detail, then yes. So, all right, let me lay it out this way. It's better that he performs that way at the end and Fletcher and gets Fletcher's validation. That is success as opposed to turning his back on Fletcher, staying with that girl and drumming on his own terms and being happy that he is a good enough drummer without needing Fletcher's involvement at all. I don't think he would have ever been happy with the standard he was at. I think him getting rid of the girl wasn't anything to do with Fletcher in a way. I think it's all down to him, him pushing himself mentally. Mm, he had it inside him all along. That was him just saying, I need to do this by myself. without, Because this is very early on. He says that probably, I think it's just before when he does the whole scene where it makes him drum for hours, if I'm not correct. Mm-hmm which is before he's kind of been emotionally... I'd say that's the point where all Fletcher emotionally breaks him when the whole car crash scene as well, it's that whole segment there is when it starts to get really nasty. It works well cinematically, obviously. I'm just trying to bring this (laughs) difficult... Yeah, I I, I get your point because if you took it away from this film and described that relationship almost without this concept... Yeah, like look at it this way. Think of something you love doing right something that is your joy in life yeah and then imagine that a mentor figure comes along that says the way you're doing it is not up to my standard you're never going to be incredible you're never going to be incredible unless you I come with me because i don't think i'm that type of person you've got to have a personality trait within you like i'm not that person who would Take yeah, that. Ex- that exactly. Would, that would so you don't view away. success in that way. That that's my point. So you don't view success in that way. For you, success is 
have, having having a family around you, friends around you, people that you love and and whatnot, and you and you can judge success by the still view the company view you him keep. as a successful person. It's all in the eye of the beholder. It's it's who you yeah, what it you believe is going to be successful. But you see, but the... but in my eyes, that's not the type of person I am. I'd much rather do stuff on my own and get it wrong or figure it out myself rather than people. That's why I'm saying my reading of this film is that it's a nasty film rather than a a triumphant moment at the end. I find it like a legitimately. I'm not being devil's advocate by saying this. I see it as a fuck you. I'm better than you. I've beaten you. If it was this, a fuck I'm... you, I'm better than you. Why the hell does he need that validation of Fletcher's nod of approval and gives that big beaming smile? I don't think he does. That is it. validation. I yeah, think of course it came he does. With it. He's it not smiling to that point. But also the bit when he walks up to the he walks up to the drum kit when it falls first all kicking off and he's like, "What the hell are you doing? I will gouge your eye out." And he says so, and then he smashes the symbol and it hits him in the face. Mm. It wasn't it wasn't the moment of like I'm gonna go I'm gonna walk up to the stage now do loads of really good drumming because I want to make him smile at the end. It was I want to do it because I want to fuck him up because I hate him. I want to prove that I'm not. You, you you knock me down once, I'll rise up five times higher. That's yeah. what that was. And it's almost like that smile that smile at the end it was almost like, oh shit, I made him happy at the same time. No, no, no. All right, so, okay, then here's how we differ. If Fletcher, at that crucial point of the nod, instead had turned away and walked off stage, Miles Teller wouldn't have smiled and, and gone, fuck yeah, I got him. The nod, the validation... Is what he fucking wanted, and he got. But I also it feel like if, if from the abuser, J.K. Simmons did walk away. In there, man. If he walked away, I would still view what Miles Teller did there as a success because yeah, he's same. still he's beating him again. It's just different ways of. I would have been like, "Oh my god, look, he's done it. He's finally done it." And then you'd That's have him is. just with the audience, and he would be in complete control of the situation. If anything, that would have been, in some ways, better because then you know there is nothing. He is completely beaten and destroying this man in his own game. Mm. I think that um... the way the way I look at it is, it's a football manager with a player who who he thinks he can make better by slant slagging him off in the press and say, "Oh, we didn't play well that day," and then together they try and rise up, and that player might be just as good, and they'd have that working relationship because they keep he keeps pushing him in that way because he knows the person can take it the way you're the way you're viewing it is it is that no matter how he becomes successful his mentor is always going to have his success as hostage and no matter what he does it's always going to be down to the mentor for making him that way only only because fletcher was abusive with it he if if he'd been a little bit kind and a little bit um cruel then it's like, well, it was a balanced relationship. But this wasn't like, take everything away from it. Fletcher is an abuser. Yeah. He's an abusive yeah, person. His, if that was any... If, if that was... What was his comeuppance? To be fired from the school? The he went, yeah, yeah. So he went off and what does that... What, what difference does that make? Imagine in the Catholic church, the priest abuses the kids. He gets kicked out of that church. He moves on. He goes to another church. He's still an abuser. The school dealt with it. The school dealt with Fletcher's abuse, but Fletcher's still an abuser. And so, okay, okay, let's do something really fucking uncomfortable here, shall we? Imagine this (laughs) film was about a boy's choir and Fletcher is the priest heading up the choir. And let's imagine these boys are 13 years old Mm -hmm. and this priest starts sexually abusing the Miles Teller equivalent of the boy's choir. Right, and that boy tells his parents, and then go, and then that priest is kicked off. Then, five years later, well, not five years later, because the boy's same age. Six months later, that boy encounters that priest, and that priest is like, "Oh, come and sing in my new choir that I've set up." And the boy goes, and the boy sings so well, and then the priest at the end nods and smiles. Do you not think that that's a fucking abusive, poisonous relationship there? And that's yes, because that he's priest, sexually abusing young boys he's not just he's not trying to trying to mold them through like anger and hate he's actually sexually abusing them so it's very different so do you also there's a bit then at the think... beginning before he walks up to him and he says he says to him i know it was you i know you got me kicked out of the school and it was like that whole thing of i am going to break you like his whole plan for that day was to kill him off and ruin his name yeah so then how can that be someone who's trying to make him better He's not because at that point, but that point, but that, you just, that point is gone. That point is gone. Yeah, but you just film. said that he was someone who was trying to mould him and make him better. 
He was up until that yeah, point. Yeah, he was. Why? Because he says that when he sits down with him in the diner. You don't believe that shit, he do you? The, that's a, no, that's he an abuser the, justifying what they're saying. No, he's sitting down in the diner because he knows that he's the one who got him kicked out of the school. So he's like, I'm yeah. going to set this guy out now to fuck him up because he's full of hate yeah, but when, and that's all he is. And yes, he uses the hate to like mould his students, but he's also got like vengeance and he wants revenge on this guy. Yeah. Andrew took everything away from him, didn't he? He ruined everything this man's ever worked for in his life. He had the best Jaguars orchestra in the country and he destroyed it and took him off it. So now he sees him, he gets his second chance. He's like, well, I'm going to use my chance to fuck you up. And Andrew then wins the battle. Because he didn't fuck him up. So you could see that as the win. So technically, technically you could say either way, he was going to be a win-win situation. Whether or not he fucked him over and then beat him because he kicked him out of the school or the fact that he just drummed the hell out of that orchestra and he was like, well, I made him... I mean, the best drummer ever. But that's what I mean by whole, having his, his success hostage. Because no matter what he does, it's like, I'm in control of it. I'm in control whether you yeah. fail, whether you win. Yeah, but I reckon from that point onwards, Andrew doesn't need him anymore. He's, he's elevated himself above him. Like, before that point, they were a team. And then that point was him almost releasing himself from it. He was, like, proving, I don't need you. I can do stuff on my own. I can do this, that, and the other, and overcome you and be a better person without you. Yes. I feel like you're looking way, way too deep into this, Ben. <laughs> well, hang on. I think you hang have on. to. No, you all, it's a kiddie fiddling. Excuse me, all over the place. That's what we, we're here to do, man. Yes, we're here to, to think yes, a little bit deeper beyond the surface. We do think we a little go, bit oh, deeper. It's a good film, the fucking end. We, let's think a bit deeper. And this is fiddling. They could do that with every film. There's so many no, films no, like... Because we're talking can... about abuse. No, no, because we're talking about abuse here, mate. Don't get me wrong. We're talking about abuse. I'm just talking about a different form of abuse and we're talking about what's now acceptable and what's not. And, you know, uh, what, what, what if what if it had been... Um, if if Marcella had been female, if it had been a female character and all of Fletcher's put-downs had been sexist and whatnot, what if he'd been a Harvey Weinstein type but everything that he was, uh, was you're making was, a, you're making a completely different film, Ben. No, no yeah. way. If if the, if there was if there was a gender disparity in the situation and the abuse was related to sexism, right? And he was and in his fucked up mind, he was saying that oh, I'm doing it to make her great because I I want want her to think that she can push herself and better herself. That's why I was saying you you you're thinking with your cunt. You think I'm distracted by your tits and stuff like that, right? That would be more obvious that it was abuse, but because it's two men, you don't think of it that way. Yeah, but he never said anything like that. He's all per- he, the only thing he ever said to these people was personal. Yeah. He fucking threw shit at their heads. Yes. He was a physical abuser. It wasn't just personal. You're turning these this abuse into sexual, but it's never sexual. And if you turn if you suddenly bring sexual into it, then it's going to turn into change it into a totally different film. All right, tell me how slapping him around the face after he l- lobbed a chair at his head was yes, helping him violence. become a better player. Yes, it's it's violence and it's abuse because he's a violent person, but he's not a, he's not That's sexually why he lost abusing his job. Him. All right, take the sexual abuse thing out of it. It was just, it was just. Yes, a, he probably should have gone analogy. to jail for it. No, but no, 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 no but that's not, that's not my point. So he's slapping him around and he's throwing a chair at him, right? And it makes Miles Teller a better player, does it? Well, the Is whole, that what you the think? whole thing it goes through the head. The whole thing they repeat the same story four times throughout the film. I think it is where Charlie Parker gets the symbol thrown at his head. That is that equivalent moment. That's the things they're talking about. It's all these little relative. Like throwbacks from he gets a symbol thrown at him, he gets a chair thrown at him. So you think that David Beckham became a better football player because Alex Ferguson threw a boot at his head, yeah? Some ways maybe. Who knows? I think it's a little bit of his ego as well, because he he knows that that drummer through abuse got to the position he's in. So he's like, okay, he's trying to get me to that stage. So he's all he's he wants to be that person, and he knows that's all he's got to focus on. So he gets through his girlfriend, and he's he's just trying to persevere to see where it takes him. And it is bad, but would he have got to that position without him? No, because he would have been he would have been happy just to. He would have been a good drummer, maybe, but he wouldn't have like progressed past the level he it was. It sounds bad, but if this relation, if the relationship wasn't the way it was throughout this film, I don't think this film would have the same impact as well. 
Yeah, no, I know, but don't get me wrong. I'm not saying this is a criticism of the film. I'm not saying that that because, of course, no one wants to watch look a film at the morals about of the film. A, a nice thing. I'm talking. Yeah, exactly. I'm discussing. I, the I film's do get where you're coming part. from, but I feel like you're exaggerating parts of the film. So I don't need to be exaggerated. Well, I did say that I had to do it because otherwise we were all just going to jerk our dicks so over the film, yeah, which isn't totally. interesting for anyone. So let's let's. I feel uh, like you're doing a, a Serbian film here. You've got your point, and you're making it too extreme <laughs> that you actually lose the audience's interest in your point. Oh, at what point was that I made, young Adam? When you compared it to Kiddie Fiddling. You're trying to you're trying to say that what, uh, uh, that J.K. Because... Simmons is sexually abusing Marston. <laughs> no, no. What I'm what I'm trying to do is is give an equivalent to abuse because I don't think either of you. I think both of you yeah, are just seeing you... this as like a fucking Rocky type film where the the underdog proves himself by the end, and it's like it's not that at all. I I think it is more insidious than that, and and I enjoy totally. it for that reason too. It there, is. This is, a, this is a this is a this is not a success. At the end, but you it two is, are seeing it, it as is, a success, but it's I, not. I, I personally think there are so. multiple things. The fact that he walked away from that girl, it shows that's, in my point of view, happiness should be found in people, not in in the in the pursuit of an obsession in order to get vengeance on a man who has abused he you. He talks about that around the dinner table. He doesn't. He doesn't care about. I do honestly don't think he he. There is part of him that obviously wants to say, look, I I met you. Maybe that like you. I am that person you wanted me to be to. To J.K. Simmons, but also at the same time, I don't think he needs anybody's approval. Well, that in that way, because he talks about it, it's like I don't care if I've got friends. He's not trying to make friends with anybody. His relationship with the girl was all trying to prove his dad happiness. It's true, and trying to go into social constructs. And then he was like, "I don't actually need these myself." I think that it's all a conscious decision on him as a person, not as a coming from hundred percent. We can't, way. we can't just because we we think um, success is having a family and everything doesn't mean that another person has to have that success as well. And that is their success. No, I know. I know that, but surely, but when you're watching a film, you bring a part of you to it. So yeah, whether or not you deem something is a good or successful thing is also based on how much you. Yeah, but I also think this is why this film being. is interesting for me as well, because it's, you get, to, you completely live it through somebody else's point of view on this story. Mm hmm. And then you also look back on it and go, I'm happy with what I've got because I wouldn't be happy with what he's got. Yeah. You're watching a character and a character's um, like own morals and the success is that he wants to be an amazing drummer, not that, oh, he wanted a relationship all the time. Because that is that is maybe our, our like higher place that we want to get to, but it's not his. So why would, we, why would we be upset that it's not his successful at the end? Yeah, you raise a good point. Over. There's so many little things about it. It's Thanks still, for listening, uh, guys. <laughs> <laughs> You've heard Ben be silence again for the second time ever. Do you know how we said in the first podcast about Invisible Man, how it worked so well? Because we have finally broken Ben where we can have every podcast the same now. Just me and Paul. Paul he's a broken man. <laughs> I need to drive a wedge in between you two again now. Can you? Okay, here's a topic. This will be fun. This is like Since... always sunny when they're trying to get Charlie and Mac to fight <laughs> each other because they don't because he doesn't want him to agree on the same point. So All right, there's loads we can agree on about this film. There's loads we can agree on about this film, and 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 we do for the most part. I love everything that you boys love about it. Don't get Listen, me wrong. Listen, mate, you're, Let's you're, find... the stuff you bring us the juice. It's but, the ben, juicy ben, shit. Is that? Honestly, is but, that the only point reason why this film in your head doesn't quite tick a ten in your box? The, no, no. The, the well, the, there's a couple of reasons. Like, it doesn't get the full ten for me because even I, I'm aware nine is a fucking incredible score. It's hard it to does, get a ten, and like, ten, a ten for me has to be something that I'm really like. Personal. Now that speaks to me. That is, yeah, I love that away. I love it forever. And this wasn't personal enough for me. And I think maybe it was because it has an insidious nature to it. I don't mind insidious stuff, but it, it, it did feel a little bit like it was basically saying, and I hate, I do rally against this in most things. I hate the idea that having um, love and family and some someone uh, who has your back and being at peace with yourself is not enough. The idea that it's not enough, I don't like that in films. Mm. And in this, where... For me, I've always viewed it the first time and the second time. He's quite clearly abusing this kid. And at the end, the fact that he gets validation from his abuser sits uncomfortably with me. But I'm not that saying sense. that's a bad thing about the film. And I, but, I think but, it's all very much like how you interpret that ending, I guess. 
You can interpret it in many ways. But well, let's let's stop talking about that now because we spent so much time talking about yeah. that. What I was going to say is you two both give it tens. You both love it. I think what would be interesting is if you two found something you disagreed on about this. I Who, which of you two holds a controversial opinion about this film? I don't think... This is what I said to you earlier. I don't think there's any part of this film almost that doesn't... I don't... I would have changed. You know when you watch a film, you're like, oh, I didn't like that pet. I don't think there's anything of it. I I find it very hard. I think it's very, very, like, well put together. And I can't... I'm trying to think of something that I could take And it's almost annoying. Like, I loved... Like, so I loved La La Land when I first watched it and then I looked back on it. And being by Damon Chazelle, I thought, shit, this is his first film. Bam, he's coming out with the second one. And it annoys me because it's not as good as this. And I'm like, how could you make something that was so brilliant? La La Land is pathetic. And now I'm judging you through this, so... He went really hardcore with Whiplash and then went to... I don't know. Yeah. La La Land was... Ugh, someone I was really excited. I was like, oh shit, he's got his second film coming out now. Let's let's go with it. And it wasn't... Because it didn't quite live up to the standard. What about uh, he puts the chocolates in the uh, pop, uh, popcorn? You like that? <laughs> depends if, the, so that's depends very if American it's like thing. Revels. If it's Revels or something, because then it has like the toffee in it. I don't like them. It was a bit of caramel in the middle, was it? Or Reese's Pieces, wasn't it? Well, Reese's Pieces with the popcorn would be nice. Yeah, that'd probably be nice. I think it was Reese's. I think it was Reese's Pieces. I personally don't like peanut butter, so. Oh my um, God, you Adam! Are an idiot! Oh, look, I we found disagree. something you disagreed on. <laughs> <laughs> I just hung up. I, don't really, I really, I really don't care. But oh my God, you're disgusting! Yeah, I don't. Like How dare take. you? Do you like Marmite? I love it, mate. Yeah, me too. I hate it. Oh, you're disgusting, Terrible mate. Take. Have you had jam and peanut butter in a sandwich? No. I haven't tried it, so I can't say. Delish. I can imagine. Delish. I've, Delish I've driven the wedge between you again. <laughs> I've, got, I've got a controversial topic. Go for Go on. it. I think um, J.K. Simmons' tops are too small in this film. <laughs> They're too yeah. short on the arm. They ride up too high. <laughs> I show off those bulging biceps. Yeah, gorgeous biceps. Yeah. It's a brilliant performance, gorgeous. and it's like I can't honestly view him in another film in a different way now because I always expect him to be that, that bastard, and sometimes he's not, and it doesn't sit right with me. I've got a take. If you drew J.K. Simmons, it will look exactly the same as if you drew a turtle. <laughs> yeah, he has got. Yeah, he's got a turtle head. It's true. Yeah, like you know that lip that head. comes down. That lip that comes down. He's got that. <clears throat> yeah. But yeah. I think I'm getting the coronavirus literally as we are recording this podcast. You may be recording my downfall. <laughs> oh. I'm coughing a and lot also and Miles my throat Teller is well, to seize up. I don't think he's ever elevated in a film to this level as well. Which is why Thanks I think it's so brilliant as well because... Um, yeah, it's, still it is dead, a still sympathy. push people to another element in acting. I quite like that. Means you're an actor on a different level. Like almost Adam Sandler in Uncut Gems. It's like... I think J.K. Simmons is always amazing. Yeah, he's always good, but I, not that good. I just can't. It was so good that he is that person for me now. It's like when you see Gus from Breaking Bad and anything, you're like, you are just Gus. Yeah. Mm. I tell you, you there's a, a show on Amazon Prime called um, Too Old to Die Young that Miles Teller's the lead in. And it's really hyper, hyper stylized, And he's such a unlikable character in it. And I, Rewatching Whiplash, I found it hard not to see this unlikable character that he now plays in this show. <clears throat> Listen, mate, this was a mighty fine film. It's a mighty fine film. I just like to debate. I even like to argue a film that we all love, for fuck's sake. Yeah, these these points are the the crux of why we why we love doing film buses because we we love talking about the the shit that nobody talks about we've been doing this for years and years even before film busters we used to come into work and have arguments about film yeah who do you think could do the best grab the air pose grab the air pose you know when he grabs the air because he wants them to shut up oh yeah um you're both too short so your arm can't go high enough no i've got the most jk simmons arm I've got the longest arm and the, the longest yeah, body. You, sh- you should play a bassoon or something with your monkey arms. I'll son. be punching the ceiling, mate. <laughs> There's no instrument where you punch the ceiling. <laughs> you two have got tattoos, though, so it would ruin the effect. 
That's true. And Adam Adam wears tight black tops. Oh, he so does. So he would get the best. Well, actually got he does, doesn't he? Pretty yeah. tight black top on at the moment. <laughs> he used to be really skinny, but since he's working out, he just hadn't got any new T-shirts. That's true. <laughs> That's why he loves his film so much. He's modelling himself on J.K. Simmons. One of these days, he's, we're going to turn on our webcams and his, his head will be shaved bald completely. <laughs> we'll be recording the podcast and he'll say, not quite like, my tempo. I'll just ask Ben about his whole life and then use everything he's just told me to... Com- berate the man and make him small <laughs> yeah <laughs> that piece of shit man he was a piece of shit but I also he like was. there's the elements where he's talking to that little girl and he's like oh what instrument are you playing and it's like there is a you see him crack to the human side even when they sit down in the diner and he goes oh I got all the complaints against me I don't see why it's almost like there is that human element to him, and if you yes, that's because he's playing him. He knows yeah, damn well why. He knows it was thing. Yeah, but it's also there is like that side of him that he can have the humorous side. And like we talked to the girl, he's like, oh, well, piano, you you playing the piano? Or maybe one day you'll be like, there is. Yeah, a- yeah. Do you know that's yeah. that's an abuser. That's an abuser. Yeah. It's true. It's true. That's very abuser. true. Yeah, I'm arguing that point. <laughs> it's not a child abuser though. I also feel like you could be t- very two different people. Like if you're if you have a boss or a manager or a teacher then they feel like they can treat you differently because they're in control. And that's yeah. just how the things go. As soon as, you're, as soon as they're out of the classroom, then they're a totally different yeah. person because they, are, they're, they could be a family member. They're not going to be like to their, ch- their family, are they? Unless yeah. you are an abuser. I mean, he was playing abuser. the piano in that way. We didn't know he was in the room. He was playing the piano, wasn't he? And he was a completely yeah. different person. Well, the last thing, let's not forget, here's another nasty thing about him. Let's not forget that he lied about how, how that former student died. He fucking yeah, hung yeah. himself because of him. Yeah. So it's not yeah, all that's, just that, that oh, is, I pushed yeah. him to be the best, and now look, it was worth it. Someone died along the way. Yeah. Yeah. That is. Well, the I'm not. I'm not saying scum. he's not a bad person, mate. He's definitely 100 percent a bad person. That's the thing I don't get in that point. That the film is they mentioned that maybe, and then it doesn't actually have a full comeuppance because if he did kill someone to kill themselves, he should go to jail. No, but that's life, mate. How many people die because of bullying? And no one get, get, goes to to jail for it. It also was kids and adults. It's disconnected from because he. It's not like he did it immediately. He had some time off, didn't he? Then he killed himself. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's all, he had to live with the the fact that he couldn't be a, a good enough student. Yeah. In Fletcher's eyes, let's get that point. That's right. In Fletcher's eyes. Anyway, it's a beautiful film with a beautiful music. Powerful. Yeah. Powerful I've said film. All that's I what I say about used. it too. And I really more, loved one, it. It was hard to find any negative. I've got one more point. Um, I really love the cinematography. And I love, especially in that final scene, where the camera's panning back and forth, back and forth, when they're doing the different... And it changes um, on the notes as well. Yes, that. very, so good. Yeah. So good, that bit. Mm. There is, there, it's one of those films that you see people take screenshots from Twitter, like they put it on Twitter, and it could almost just be like a art piece of artwork. No, it's true. It's also the colour grading of the film. I never, don't think I noticed that the first time I watched it and then that suddenly hits you. There's one more thing. Yeah. You know at the end, as he nods and he's happy, Yeah. I read that supposedly you can see his mouth moving at the same time, mouthing some words, mm. and apparently the words that it looks like he's mouthing is him saying, good job. Oh, which he said are the two good. worst words in the English language, which would flip things even more so. That would. Rewatch the ending and see what you think. I, I watched it a couple of times. It's hard to tell. He definitely does mouth something. And mm. it's one of those things, once you've heard that you, it might be good job, you kind of yeah. look for it to be good job. He definitely is mouthing something. Yeah. Is there one of those, yeah. those points where he says, like, if you mouth, I love you, it could also be redeemed as elephant juice. Or it could be your mama. Or colourful. Yeah. Colourful's I Love Your Mum. Yeah. Colour Rhubarb, that's it. Colour Rhubarb's I Love Your Mum. What? I Love You. I Love You is colourful. Oh, it says elephant yeah, juice. Yeah, colourful. Colour. No, Colour Rhubarb. That's I Love Your Mum. <laughs> this is not a good podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had to, I just had to fight to find something to, to really debate. Otherwise, it would just been a love fest. Of course. I but 100% we'll agree. I'm so glad you did it. But I do stand by what I said. There's I one more thing we have to do, up. though. Yeah, place it. And that's place it. And we just got to tell everyone that we placed a Serbian film last week, and that is number 24 on our list, which is above Star Wars, uh, Star Wars Rise of Skywalker, mm. but below I, Tonya. Oh, shit, yeah. The whiplash is going to be high, actually, isn't it? With it two is. First, because Paul gave Let's the Irishman a... a 9, I gave the Irishman a 9, and you gave it a 10. 
and this film. I gave I gave the Irishman a ten. Paul gave Irishman a ten. Yeah. Did he? Okay. Yeah. It'll be. It'll match. It's going to be up there with Irish. It's going to be up there with the Irishman, isn't it? It will. <gasps> oh shit! Okay, I think Paul's gonna have the deciding vote on this. Fuck! Come on then. Yeah, it's, that's that's it, isn't it? It's just it and the Irishman on the level. Am I right? Oh yeah, because Joker's not. Yeah, it's just that and the Joker, Irishman. Joker was two nines and a ten. Wow! Whiplash right up the top with Irishman. So Adam obviously votes Whiplash over Irishman. I obviously yeah. vote Irishman over Whiplash. So Paul, it's just down to you, which is the better film. Well. If you guys actually checked my top 30 films of all time, I've actually already put it in. Oh, well, obviously Whiplash. It's Whiplash, yeah. Whiplash is number 30 of my oh. top 30. Sorry, Irishman. I'm sorry. Yeah, but it doesn't really count. It, it doesn't does. really count. <laughs> it doesn't count. <laughs> because it's an it's old film. a little film. next to it. It should be like Liverpool when they win the Premier League. They just grab a little asterisk yeah. next to it. That everyone you put that in and I'll be putting real. a fucking asterisk in. I'm putting an asterisk in that document right now. <laughs> it's been defrauded. You've got to bring up Letterboxd defrauded. and say, can we just have the asterisk button on the fucking emoji on the screen? <laughs> Paul, you put, you put Whiplash in your top 30 as well. Yeah, it's number 30. <laughs> I feel like because of the film it is you can put it on it's not very long it's like was it like an hour 40 isn't it yeah it's very it's very it tight mate it's, it's real it's a real good script and it's a real good film right so that was very nice very much enjoy talking about Whiplash if you guys want to get in touch with us you can get in touch with us at Pod on Instagram and Twitter we also have our website www.filmbusterspod.co.uk we have all our reviews on there written reviews as well as podcast reviews so go check them out on there and we have our individual twitter accounts i'm at filmbusters paul i'm at filmbusters adam and i'm at filmbusters ben at last you've actually said ben i know <laughs> i thought i better Andrew. actually let people know who i am filmbusters fletcher <laughs> yeah but there's one more thing we've got to so do then there is go for Let's it go for it so it's my turn pick? to pick a film for you boyos. And it's funny that Irishman just got knocked off top spot because for my episode, you boys are going to watch again Casino. And we are going to do Casino on Ooh. our next episode. Okay. Ooh. Oh, okay. yes. Very nice. that a rewatch. And I'll preface it by saying the reason is I fucking always rated this over Goodfellas. So I want to have a good old chat about this fucking casino film, man. That That's is very the, nice. one of unsung, fantastic films. I might have to re-buy films. it. Because I think I've only, got it on I Blue, think... I've only got it on DVD, which is oh, yeah. the letterbox version, isn't it? It's like tiny in the screen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I had that DVD as well in the tiny little box. Yeah. i got the double double disc Blu-ray now, though, son. Get it. I've get it. it yeah, I need, it's going to need a... Re- it's like four hours Lovely. long, isn't it? It's about three and a bit. I fucking love Casino so much. I can't wait to talk about that one. Fantastic. All I remember is the ending of the film. And the bit where they're walking through the desert. We're not talking about this now. Next time. 